When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. My guest today on Stories Connect People podcast is Ruth Willett. Ruth is here to share with you the story and mission of an amazing shop at the Arusha Coffee Lodge in Tanzania, Africa. It is like nothing you've ever heard of. The organization and shop are named Shanga. Ruth will share how it got its name and more importantly, the great work and opportunity it provides for people with disabilities. Shanga is a shop and workshop, but above all, it is a place where disabilities fade into the background and what shines through is the people and their pride in the handmade items they make. A second part of Shanga's mission is a focus on sustainability. The handmade items are made from as many recycled pieces as possible. Ruth will share all of this and some great stories that I know will touch your heart. My husband and I had the privilege of seeing this incredible place firsthand a couple of years ago, and it is truly an inspiring and uplifting place. I hope you will follow all the great work and read for yourself the stories of the Shanga team on Facebook and Instagram. One in particular will have you close to tears of happiness. An employee of Shanga, Masood, his life dream was to scale Mount Kilimanjaro, and some really amazing people made that happen. I believe that this will turn into part two of this great story. But for now, welcome Ruth Willett to Stories Connect People podcast. Hello, Ruth. How are you today? Welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. Hi, Polly. How are you? Thank you. I am so glad to have you here, and it's so exciting because when my husband Brad and I were in Tanzania, we went to the, as part of our itinerary when we did a sky safari, we went to the Elowana Arusha Coffee Lodge, and one of the greatest experiences of our trip, and we, we were there for 10 days, and of course, you know, the safari is awesome, but something completely unexpected that we found was Shanga. And it is a shop at the Arusha Coffee Lodge that employs people with disabilities. And it's such an incredible mission. And today we're here with Ruth and she is going to talk all about it. Fantastic. Thanks very much for welcoming me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Ruth, of course, we're going to talk all about Shanga, but I am interested just in you and a little bit about your background. Can you start by sharing just maybe where you're from and a little bit about your uh, kind of a career over the years? And then how did you get to Shanga? Yep, sure. So um, I'm an Australian and spent most of my life in Australia. But when I was a child, um, our family lived in Zimbabwe and Malawi for about seven years. Um, so interest in Africa and, and different places here has always been a major interest to, to me personally. Um, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> it was yeah. way, back, way back in the 60s. So, yeah. Um, so then um, education-wise, um, my background is in textile design and hospitality management. And then career-wise, it's a combination of um, hospitality, customer service and um, services management, along with owning my own um, business is connected to textile design and specialty re retail. That's a pretty impressive background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So um, with my background, I qualified for a volunteer assignment, which was funded by the Australian government to spend 18 months initially with Shanga as their marketing mentor and business development consultant. So um, I was lucky enough to get it and I arrived in Arusha back in late 2017. Really? That's incredible. Yeah, so the um, then the volunteer assignment um, finished and um, I've stayed on. Had you ever been to to Arusha? Was it a place that was familiar to you or did you just relocate and start this great work? Um, no, so Arusha was familiar. Um, at the beginning of 2017, I had a family holiday which took us on the safari um, to um, northern east um, Tanzania. Um, and at the time we'd had a brief, um, you know, stint through Arusha like everybody does. So I was familiar with, with the area and, and, you know, everything associated with it. So when this, when the assignment, I came across it through Australian volunteers, um, I knew where it was. I had a bit of an idea what it was about. And it also gave me the opportunity to go back to Africa, not as a tourist. So that was the, the draw. It had lots and lots of draw cards, but, you know, was, I knew where I was going. Thank you for sharing that background. And so Stories Connect People podcast is all about people that are interesting, inspiring, and uplifting and are doing great things to make the world a better place. And that describes Shanga perfectly. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the foundation and the shop and the workshops and maybe start with how did it get its name? And we'll just dive right into that. Yeah. So um, Shanga's name came about and Shanga is the Swahili word for bead. And as you know, as you visited there, a lot of what we do is based around beads. So it's it's quite poignant in, in that regard. Um, so in a nutshell, um, Shanga is a, a social enterprise um, with an open and interactive creative workshop. Um, and we're part of the Elawana group 
um, corporate social responsibility program. So that's sort of the nutshell of, of what we are. The original um, person that set the business up, set the business up back in 2007. Her name was Saskia Reichsteiner. She she doesn't have anything to do with this now. Um, but originally the concept came about, she made some necklaces for the local Christmas fundraising fair and she sold a whole pile of them um, she got orders afterwards so she needed to find some help and she knew of a local deaf lady who was struggling to make an income so she um, brought her on board to help her um, create an independent income so that was sort of the beginnings of it and then um, it, it grew from there so it just didn't stay the one particular necklace which was originally made from some local fabric some marbles and some beads that she found in her children's bedrooms. Um, and that then, you know, because it sort of snowballed, she then developed new products um, and then established um, a workshop, not where we are now, but established a workshop combining all the things that she'd set up, which are now part of our main mission, um, two missions. One is continuing the the training and employment of people with disabilities and also using recycled materials and products into our products. So well, that was so interesting to me. So first of all is in, and maybe we'll just talk about some of the, um, the things that are, um, that are made in the shop now. The, the shop was absolutely incredible. And I want you to, we'll uh, have you paint a picture of that in a minute, but I was so impressed with just the quality of the uh, of the handmade items that they and it, it was just really incredible and I just remember the the um so we bought a bl one of the blankets and the the guy that was on the loom oh he had us come back and do a little bit of the weaving with him and it was incredible and so we absolutely loved it but yeah i'm so interested in in you sharing a little bit around the mission of the um sustainability with using the recycled um materials uh, such an important part of the mission as well yeah, so um, let me uh, talk a little bit about um, the workshop um, to start with. What year did you come and visit us? Let's see, February will have been three years ago. So, um, yeah, going on three years. Yeah, so um, we we very much have a focus now. I, I know people, lots of people enjoy our shop and, and all those sorts of things, but our focus now is very much on um, the workshop and interacting um, within our workshop. So I'm going to guide everyone through what our workshop looks like. So we've got seven creative areas. Um, so you come into our workshop and the first area that you go into is our weaving department. Um, so that is set up with um, six different looms, different shapes and sizes and, and widths and things. And we produce beautiful um, blankets, wraps, scarves, table mats, um, table runners, all out of locally produced cotton. Um, we also, the cotton that we saw, source is some of the softest that you can get in the country. So yeah, they're just beautiful products and um, I think everyone should have one on their bed. So I have ours in the living room and so I use it, I use it a lot. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, or like me, I have two, so, but, you know, I'm lucky in that regard. Um, and then we move on to our tailoring department. 
where um, we sew things. Um, so they make the, and I'm really sorry because normally I would have one of these necklaces on, but I left it back in Tanzania. So I'm not displaying any Shanga wares tonight. Um, so yeah, so the, the tailoring department, um, they make cushions, um, table runners, dressing gowns, bags, and then they make the, um, our current style of the original necklace, which is, um, a beautiful length of, of local fabric. And then it's got marbles and beads shredded on it, on it. The other thing that's made there, which is one of our most popular things is we make um, elephant cushion covers out of recycled business shirts. Um, so we, we encourage everyone to, to bring their old business shirts when they come and visit us and we can make a cushion. Then our next area is our Tinga Tinga paintings. Um, Tinga Tinga painting is a cartoon style of painting that was actually developed back in the um, 60s by a Tanzanian painter. Um, so we've got our own um, style of that um, in a, a small format. And if guests come and they'd like to, we also can write a name or a, um, a room or a greeting on it for them as well for them to take away as a gift. Then we get to our beading department where all of our jewellery is made. And when we're designing new products, we look at utilising as many components in that piece of jewellery that we can make ourselves. So there's, you know, there's the odd things that we can't make ourselves, um, but we can turn and twist um, metals and make our own glass beads, various bits and pieces like that. So um, that's our criteria. And then we combine that with the traditional Maasai beading techniques and the, and the small beads that they've used in for years and years and years. Then we've got our um, wood and metal department. And these guys pretty much do anything that they're asked to do. So, you know, they make picture frames and recently we've been trying to do a few little bits and pieces with our scrap metal. And um, I will try and get pictures of this for you. They did a beautiful um, set of tables, quite simple, but really quite beautiful. So the, the guys in that department can do things quite elaborate or quite, you know, quite simple. Then we've got what we call our aluminium department. They do a whole pile of different things, including making all of our shopping bags, which we make out of recycled newspaper and cardboard. They then make mobiles and wind chimes and things like that, where we incorporate cut out recycled aluminium sheets and also things like um, bottle caps of soda bottles. So that's a, another recycling area that we, we do. I really would have bought so many items <laughs> if we would have had. We, so we were on the Sky Safari, so we could only take 30, 37, I think 37 pounds was our limit that we could uh, take on the Sky Safari. So imagine packing for 10 days with 37 pounds. Um, but Oh, I would have I would have bought so many things if it were possible. Um, but we did get the the bat. We did get bags and blankets and some jewelry and. So I can always put a plug in there that you know if you're still dreaming about something, we can ship it to you. We will we will talk about that at the end. That's awesome, and so people can check out the website. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, um, we have got the first and only glass blowing facility in the country. And it is our biggest draw card. Um, I'm not leaving it till last because it's not, it is just amazing. So it is one of the most mesmerizing, beautiful um, art forms to watch. So um, our, our guys are beautifully trained, highly artistic, and can come up with some amazing different pieces of, of glass. And within that, that then leads us to um, the recycling side of things. We, in 2019, we saved close to um, about 150 tonnes going into landfill with all the bits and bobs that we use for recycling. So the biggest part of our recycling is the, um, the bottles that we use for the glass processing and the recycled biofuel oil that we use to run the furnaces with. So, um, you know, we, we save thousands of bottles going into landfill um, and turn them into something quite beautiful. Um, so with those and then our, our newspaper and, and cardboard and business shirts and various other bits and pieces. And another big thing is that we... Um, we do quite a lot of shipping and packing and all those sorts of things. And most of our packing is done in shredded paper. Um, and we're really lucky to have the UN facilities um, just up the road from us. And they shred all of their paper and give it to us. So we never have to buy any packaging um, along those lines. So, so yeah, so there's sort of all of our recycling, recycling areas. Yeah, I think that covers your first lot of questions. That is such an incredible mission. How many um, uh, employees does Shinga have? Um, so currently there's 55 of us. Um, so there's there's two of us who are um, expats. Um, the rest are all local. And out of that, we've got 34 who some have some form of disability. Um, and it ranges from wheelchair bound to um, uh, missing limbs to deaf. So um, our glass blowing department, most um, uh, half of our department in the glass, it's actually more than that now, sorry. We've got two hearing and we've got four hearing impaired deaf people who are our glass blowers, um, which is quite fascinating when you, when you get to see them, see them working. It is fascinating to see them working. And what I absolutely loved about them is that they were so happy and so engaged um, as much as they could be, you know, uh, given their work and, and um, uh, working and everything. They were so engaged with us as guests there. And um, I mean, they had a smile on their face. I mean, as big as could be the whole time. And, um, and so it just, um, it seems like that, um, that, you know, that they are just a really happy group of people and probably so incredible and, and so uh, appreciative for the work and the opportunity that they have there. It's really great. Yeah, look, they they are an amazing group of people. And I, I can quite happily say that they're my Tanzanian family. You know, they, they welcome me with open arms the day I arrived. And, 
you know, we've we've got such a strong bond now that you know I I get called called mama by some, and it's it's they're just just an amazing group of people. So highly creative, um, very proud of what they do. Really enjoy sharing um, what their abilities are with people that come through, and get a lot of, of fun about sharing um, and and getting people involved in in what they're doing. So you know when people come through and have got the time um, to actually sit down and to partake in an activity, um, the guys really love that because it's you know they're they're imparting their knowledge to somebody else. And, you know, then guests go away with something in hand that they've worked, you know, hand in hand with one of our guys. So, um, yeah, they know they're a very, very proud group of people and, you know, just love sharing. Um, and that's part of the Tanzanian culture as well. They, you know, they, they're a very welcoming group of people. They absolutely are. I mean, we, we just felt so... Um welcomed and just at home um uh, uh, just in every place that we were there we were in five locations and in, in uh, 10 days and it it was just amazing um but one of the things that so i know that that um shenga employs people with disabilities but it but in the environment it's like it just like the disability just was like it faded away I, I didn't think of them as, you know, people with disabilities working. I mean, they were. Yeah, I'll, I'll share a little story with you. Um, occasion, occasionally, um, I end up being the tour guide. Um, so I end up being the one meeting and greeting at the at the gate. And, you know, in my introduction, when I say very quickly and very briefly, you know, our two main missions are employing people with disabilities and recycling as much as we can. I kind of throw it in at the beginning and that's it not mentioned again and I had these two ladies and, and we went round and we spent oh, I don't know about 45 minutes going around 50 minutes they didn't didn't have time to stay and do an activity but we we got to almost the shop door and um, one of the ladies pulled me aside and said Ruth I need to ask you a question and I said yes yeah, sure fine you know no problems and she said at the very beginning you said you employ people with disabilities I said yeah we do we have you know at that stage I think we had 36 and she said I haven't seen any and I went yay that's what this is I did I went yay and she said what do you mean I said that's what we're about you know we we invite you into our workshop see what we do and we want you to focus on what we're doing we don't want you to focus on the fact that somebody might be in a wheelchair or someone might have two prosthetic legs or, or whatever it is that's not the focus the focus is to come and meet these people who are brilliant and amazing and creative um and that's what she got out of it she you know she had to say but i haven't seen anyone and i said yes you know and that's and that's what that's what we're about um, is making sure that, you know, people go away with that concept that, yes, maybe some of those people did have a disability, but you don't see it. It's not, it's not our focus. And we've had a huge response from people following that focus, which has been amazing. I am so glad that you shared that story. That is really beautiful. That, that is really, really beautiful. 
what does it mean to, so I said, you know, how, how welcomed we were and how engaged um, they were with us. What does it mean to them to have the, um, and it's an experience. So it's, it's a, you know, not every store like has, you know, and shop and everything has people come through and everything's on display and there's tour tour guides around. I mean, this is obviously unique. Um, And so what does it mean to them to see the guests coming and observing their work and buying their items that they're making and engaging with them kind of like we did? It's a pride. Like it's, it is just, they are so proud of what they do and they want to share it. Um, so, you know, that's the first part of it. The second part is they're, you know, they're, they're proud of the fact that they they have full-time employment. They can then support their families. Um, they work in an environment where people are recognising their abilities, not looking at them um, with scorn or, or mistrust or some of those other things that some people with disabilities out out in the community get. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an empower. It, it isn't. I don't like using this word, but it very much they feel empowered and they use that word themselves. In that, because of where they are and what they're doing, what they've achieved, they they enjoy sharing it. Um, so, the, you know, the fact that we've got people coming through the workshop all the time. Yes, it is part of their job, but there's no one within that workshop who kind of goes, no, I I don't want people coming and seeing what I do or or what's wrong with me or anything like that. It's very much, um, it's their job and they're super proud of it. The pride was so evident. You could tell in just the, the quality and and you know how they were working and and how proud they were to show you what they were doing and everything it was so evident yeah no it definitely is so how does um shenga interact with the community or do you get support um locally i mean you were talking about it you know a couple of um uh, things about um you know just helping the environment there and and um the you in you know down the road that gives you the papers and all of that are there other ways that the community engages with shanga or shanga engages with the community um yeah we've got a, a number of things so from a, a re- recycling side of things um there's various things that the local community um drops off and donates to us so we have regular conversations with with larger organizations the the lodges not just um the coffee lodge but other lodges about um you know what of their items that they would like to recycle can we take so there's that that side um we get involved with some of the um if there's any activities involved around acknowledgement and promotion and support for people with disabilities so we've been involved with a number of those um projects over the years from a um you know day-to-day basis we encourage and we have a, a fairly steady stream through on a regular basis of school students right from um you know the lowest right through to um, post-secondary coming through and giving them an an education 
on well, a number of things that you know one that people with disabilities have have abilities and can be employed so that's always one what a creative environment looks like how we can um, encourage people to recycle at home and what that might look like and also we do um, a mini sign language um, deaf you know Tanzanian sign language lesson for people as well so it's it's getting out to the wider community that things can be different when you know the right the right models in place we also do some work with three vocational training schools um, one is completely for young adults with disabilities one is more of a a business-based initially training college and one is a school that has a special needs um, department so we offer internships um, to those schools depending on on what our requirements are at the time and how many children or young adults they would like to get some work experience so we work in with them on a regular basis as well. Do you know if there's a this model is uh, replicated anywhere else, maybe not with Shangan Elawana, but it just seems like a model that would be, you know, something that that would be so attractive to so many other countries. Yeah. So, so at the moment, no. Um, I know that you know there are various other organisations around the world who may do things similar um, to us, but maybe not on the scale that we do it. Um, but as far as replicable, our business model is almost at the point where it's replica replicable um, and it is one of our long-term um, goals is to be able to take what we have now and, you know, do something similar somewhere else. Um, so that's a, you know, that's a long-term project. You know, we've we've got it to the point where it's almost completely self-sustaining. Um, and to, you know, then replicate a model, you need to know that you're basing it, basing it on something that is has the potential to be self-sustaining. Um, so that's a long-term goal. Yeah. So we were pretty much on track to do that. Um, you know almost by about now, but as we know, this year's been a little bit different. So, um, you know, it'll still happen. It's just um, a little bit further away than what we hoped originally. So, yeah. Um, so if anyone out there in any country, in any world, you know, decides, oh, I really like the sound of Shanga, well, tell them to get in touch and eventually I can pop over and set it up for them. <laughs> That's such an amazing plug. And Stories Connect People podcast has a global a global audience i want you to know we have a global yep i have a global audience and so um and we'll make sure that uh, the way to get in touch with you will be included in our show notes as well so there is a quote um on the wall um outside of the shop that says kindness is a language blind people see and deaf people hear yeah so that um that is a famous quote made by um, Mark Twain. And so basically it um, goes along the lines that an act of kindness um, is not futile. 
Um, if you're kind to somebody, it'll reflect in both you and their behavior. You know, being kind to somebody also instills a positive feeling and basically makes the world a better place. So that's the long version of that short short quote. So um, it's it's really about just being nice to each other um, and respecting each other. It, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful quote. I absolutely love it. And I love that it's uh, painted there on the property. It's amazing. Um, so this past week, so earlier in December, what? so um, this is, uh, so I'll say December 3rd, um, was um, International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And so talk about that day. Is that something that you all recognize? And, you know, how does that help with awareness um, kind of around the world for people with disabilities? So um, we do a combination. We recognize the day. So the 3rd of December every year is on our calendar and we find and look at ways that we can actually mark that. We take it one step further that the week that the 3rd of December falls in is also known um, as the International um, Awareness Week for people with disabilities. Um, so we try and do something every year um, to, you know, shout out to the wider world, you know, that um, the wider world needs to acknowledge um, people with disabilities and what they can do you know, and, and that side of it. So this year was a little bit different. Um, some of our um, larger major activities that would normally have happened, unfortunately didn't. So we made the decision that we'd um, take the theme um, for 2020 and do something internally. So the, and sorry, I'm gonna read this because I wanna get it right. Sure. Um, so, so the theme for 2020 was building back better towards a dis disability inclusive, accessible and sustainable post COVID-19 world. So we sort of took the COVID world part out of it um, because we feel really strongly about the inclusive accessibility and sustainable um, part of it. So we then, um, and I know you're following it and I have to say thank you very much for your compliment about our, um, our posts on it. So all the staff that were working that week and um, we took them and took photographs of them in front of our um, kindness ball following that theme of building back better. So um, anyone that was working, they they um, we, we set a chair in front of our um, kindness um, quote on the wall and took photos and the guys had lots of fun with that and, and joked and things. So we had lots of smiles and lots of different poses. And then the follow-up to that was to ask them what this meant to them personally. Was there something that um, they thought um, the wider world should know about? And then following through and, and doing a shout out to say, hey guys, you know, we're proud of who we are, um, but you know, people with disabilities, unfortunately, still need um, more acknowledgement in the, the wider community and the, and the wider world. Um, so yeah, so each each picture was accompanied by um, 
their their responses to a couple of questions that we asked them. It was so so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, no, it was amazing. And for me personally, um, I had lots of fun doing it. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll do anything you know, just have fun with the guys and they know it as well. But this had lots of fun with it, with um, some really, really strong um, messages for the, you know, the wider community, which I I was very proud of them, be able to share the things that um, they think the wider community and the wider world should actually be doing. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was a fun, fun week. And um, for our listeners, if you, and we'll talk about, um, you know, how to follow and connect with um, Shenga and all of that, but they're the Instagram page and, and on Facebook where they were posting these, it's the, the pictures are great. And it's um, so interesting to read um, the stories like that or, or answering the questions like uh, Ruth was talking about. And so you should definitely uh, take a look at Instagram or Facebook to see some of those. They're really, really inspiring. Yeah, no, it was, um, I I know I said um, something, and I'll read it too as well because it, it really was special for me, but it was um, what an amazing group that um, I get to spend my days with every day. How lucky am I? Well, you told us a story about a guest that was that came through and um, do you have a story, uh, you know, we won't use names or anything, but just about um, one of the employees and maybe how this has impacted their life? Yeah, and I'm, I will proudly use his name as well. So, um, you know, all of our guys have, have amazing stories. One of the things that um, I did when I first started, and I, I continue to do it because it, it changes a little bit for them, is we we talk to them about is there something within their story, within their life story, that they'd like to share with other people. And um, I generally, you know, follow it down the track of, you know, what are your goals, what are your aspirations, what are your dreams? Um, because it's not something that Tanzanians normally get asked, um, and especially, um, you know, our guys it, it's not something that they get asked so when they they get asked it um it takes them a while to think about it but when i asked one particular member of our staff um what you know did he have a dream or desire he said to me that one day he wanted to scale mount Kim kilimanjaro and masood is shorter stature he is this little bundle of energy and smiles and the biggest personality you will ever meet. He's just gorgeous. So he he said that to me at some stage and um, I said to him, and I, I don't know why I said it to him at the time, but I said, oh, well, if I can make that happen, let's make it happen. And so we made it happen this year. So there were lots of people involved. Um, it started out back in um, February. We had a, a group come through who had, who had just um, scaled Mount Kilimanjaro with four people in wheelchairs. And um, they were all from the States and Canada. And they were organized through um, a group called Accessibility Israel. I don't think I've got that quite right, but um, Jamie will forgive me. 
And anyway, so I got talking to the guy that got got this group together um, and he was explaining to me um, what, what they were doing and how they were doing it and they were looking at different things where um, people with disabilities could get access to things that they might not think that they had access to. And so we were chatting about things. They'd been to the workshop, amazingly impressed with the workshop. And so he, Jamie said, oh, I'd like to have a chat to you before I go. So that's fine. So we did. And without, and the, without thinking about it at the time, I kind of went, oh, one of our guys wants to scale um, Kilimanjaro. And Jamie said, well, introduce me. So I did. And Jamie's six foot two, six foot three, and muscles about two and a half feet. And the next thing, um, Jamie has left. And he said, Ruth, we will get him up and down. Kilimanjaro. So um, during the year they were supposed to come back, that didn't happen. Um, it, Jamie stayed in contact with the um, safari company that had helped him get up the mountain and had said, look, if in the future you um, have a group going up that you think maybe Masud would be able to join, um, let me know and we'll see if we can make it happen. And so um, then we found out that there was a group going and we needed some fundraised and a young girl in the States for her um, Bat Mitzvah community project raised some funds um, to help um, get muscled there. So we that was that is one of the, the most amazing things that happened um, this year. Um, as we say, Al Masud got to the top of Kilimanjaro and all the way back down again. And um, he it just yeah makes makes my heart just melt. Um, so he he climbed um, with two um, German gentlemen, um, and because we didn't know what was going to happen, they'd actually allowed um, extra time every day for walking um, to cover Masud. And as it turned out everyone kept at Masud's pace and they didn't need any extra time. So um, he just, he walked up that mountain and all the way back down again. Um, so yeah, so the fact that it happened in, in 2020, in September, I think in itself was even more amazing. Um, yeah, and you know, he's come back down and- Life-changing for- For life-changing for him, but, on a lesser scale um, to the rest of the team at Shanga to um, let them know that if they do have a dream or an aspiration or something like that, then they need to share it. They need to talk about it because once you've shared it, someone might help you make it happen. And they saw that happen with Masood. And, you know, it was, you know, it was Masood's achievement but as far as the guys at Shango were concerned, they did that with him as well. Like they were with him every step of the way. I'm about to cry. I'm about to cry here. It sounds like I need to interview Jamie also for the podcast. That's uh, his work sounds incredible. Yes, I I'd love to introduce you to Jamie. He's um he's bigger than life. Um, so I and I'll try and find my words because I. It was um, quite an amazing experience working with him. He 
and I'll, I'll read it. it's just a, a few lines but um in relation to jamie um throughout life connections comments and promises are made but at times they're not made by people with as much integrity as jamie lesner and that is just that is jamie so um yeah he's an he's an amazing man um and has a tenacity and connections that um you know we would not have made without him you know joining joining our family in a in a different way so i i will introduce you i will um let him know that what we've done and um he he would love it he's um he's bigger than life he's amazing that is the most magnificent story and i am so glad that you shared that and our listeners can read more about it or see it posted on the Shango website too. Is that right? Yeah. So we've we've got um, we've got Masood's um, uh, you know adventure up Kilimanjaro. And we've got a, a full little story there with everyone involved and everyone's comments and um, yeah pictures and all those kind of things of our our Masood on top of Kilimanjaro. So yeah, magnificent. Well, Ruth, it has been. So amazing to have you on Stories Connect People podcast. And I want to thank my friend, Jane Barron. Uh, she helped uh, us get connected. So I appreciate that so much. And she booked our uh, trip for our Sky Safari. It was uh, absolutely amazing. But um, tell us how our listeners can uh, find out more about uh, Shanga follow the great things going on on uh, maybe Facebook and uh, Instagram or wherever you are on social media. And if they want to connect to learn more about uh, the great work, how do they do that? Um, they can have a look at our website and there's a link on that to join our mailing list. Um, we don't inundate people with lots of newsletters, but we do get out the important stories. Um, then there is our social media pages, which is Facebook and Instagram. And I'll make sure I get those, those links to you so you've got them. Um, then other things to actually support us is looking at ways um, to purchase our products. And you certainly don't need to just visit us in Arusha for that. We ship all around the world. Um, if anyone's interested in um, having chats about um, stocking our products, um, wherever they are, um, it's scoop me an email and we'll see what we can come up come up with with it with that. And then there's also if people want to um, look at donations. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that we employ um, our staff. We also have a, a second side to us where we, um, when we receive donations, those donations go towards um, staff support and training. So it covers um, med medical equipment, medical supplies, emergency assistance, um, and things that, you know, just come out of the the norm that our staff can't or need you know, need backup and assistance for, and then training. So we some of our training is in our you know normal normal income stream, but some of it's not. Um, to give you an idea, last year we did. Oh, it's actually beginning of this year. Sorry, beginning of this year we did a a full nutrition 
um, training with our with our staff. So it covered um, nutrition assistance based on what is available in Tanzania. So it wasn't, you know, someone coming from overseas going, oh, you need this, this and this and this. It was um, a local, very well-trained doctor who went through any just about anything from a nutritional basis um, that he knew worked for um, people living in our country with what we can actually get available, which was amazing. Um, the guys got an awful lot out of it. Um, yeah, so things like that. So where we where we can give life training as well as um, you know um, job training, we we do as much as we possibly can. I love it. And this is just such an incredible mission. And I cannot believe that it started out with you just taking a volunteer um, uh, opportunity and it has turned into something that, I mean, it's like you live it and, and breathe it and you're so passionate about it. And um, Shinga and uh, Elowan is so lucky to have you there leading so much of that great work. And so your passion just uh, comes through in everything that you've shared about the people and uh, the organization and everything. So Ruth, it has been an absolute pleasure to welcome you to Stories Connect People podcast today. I am so glad that you are my guest. Thank you very much for having me, Polly. I, I've enjoyed it. I, it was lots of fun. You made it a really easy thing to do. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.